Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Welcome to a very special episode of Call of Discovery, the podcast where we go mad for Keyforge, for its community, and of course, for that marvellous excitement of Discovery. And we have got that Discovery in a plum. I love that word today because we are doing our first, first look at Dark Tidings. Yes, Archons, it has been a while in coming, but it is finally here in the shores of the United Kingdom. We have Dark Tidings. Our American friends will have to wait a little bit longer for Dark Tidings, uh, but no doubt they will be all the more excited by seeing uh, at least some of, some of the discoveries that are going on far-flung shores. This is probably the release of Keyforge that I am most excited about to date, um, just because of some of the amazing things they're doing here with the Tide, with the Evil Twins, House Unfathomable. I can't pronounce it, but it's amazing. Long-time listeners will probably know that I am a spoiler-free individual. I, aside from the spoilers that we get here at Call of Discovery, I do not look at any other things before the set drops, before I have it in my hands and doing that opening of the deck for the first time. So that is what I'm going to do today. I have not seen any Dark Tidings cards, the new ones anyway, apart from those that we have spoiled on this channel. And you are going to get my complete unfiltered reaction to it. So there won't be any spoilers beyond the deck that I'm going to be looking at specifically here. I've got no idea what deck this is because I'm going to be opening it live on the channel. And I am stupidly excited because this, yeah, as I say, has been a long time coming. Zach loves spoilers. So, so Zach is a, a spoiler library, uh, the absolute antithesis of my approach uh but i think that means for for a better conversation when we come together and what i've done is i've scanned a deck in for zach to start playing and start learning about so the second of our first looks is going to be talking about the experiences that zach's had with that deck um spoilers there he says it's an amazing deck and he's having lots of fun with it um he says it's also a, a slightly crazy deck so i'm super excited to see what this has in play um and, and and discover that lots to tide us over to dark tide us over until we do an episode focusing on the house unfathomable next week who are they what is the law behind them and what do they want on the crucible without further ado let's dive in i've got one of those two player starter sets here i ordered a few boxes from different lgs stores it's completely sold out here in the uk from the distribution side so yes anyone thinking 
Should I order some more dark tidings? Just do it. Lovely box, this one. It's got a different kind of laminate uh, cover, so it definitely looks very cool. I, for one, like to get a starter box every time there's a new set so that I can so that I can send send it along to an, a newer Keyforge player and uh, get them started in the game that we all love. Now, the playmats in this one are a little bit bigger than the last one. They're really nice, actually. They're really cool. There's a there's one with a, a Logos uh, robot underwater here. Don't know quite how that works with the kind of underwater and the, uh, the robotic nature of things. Uh, I, I think it would be pretty shocking, probably. Um, the other one appears to be a uh, a member of House Unfathomable, um, underwater and having a bit of fun. But here we have it. Here's the meat of it. Two Dark Tidings decks. And I'm going to be opening one of these right now on the show. God, you can hear it. So we've got, it's different packaging this time. We've always had boxes in the past in the UK, uh, but we've got now plastic packaging. Unfortunately, I'd assume that we were having this plastic packaging so that there was only one layer of plastic, saving the environment and all that. But unfortunately, that doesn't appear to be the case. We have two layers of plastic. So I say, FFG, come on, I love this game, but please, please, please get the plastic down to one layer. Let's save the environment. Let's do a little bit for it. And we have, we have House Unfathomable. Wow. So I'm going to have to try and pronounce House Unfathomable multiple multiple times on the podcast, which is not going to be easy. Uh, but I have English as a first language, so I just feel for anyone that has to pronounce House Unfathomable with English as a second language. So this deck is QD Palacio the Ninth. QD Palacio the Ninth. I think I'm just going to call this Ninth because that makes life easier. Um, so we have Star Alliance, House Unfathomable, and The Untamed, all together, coming together for a brand new lineup. And I'm really liking this look. So they've gone, the index cards are now landscape for the first time. They've always been portrait. This is kind of cool. I think it almost seems more natural for the, uh, for the, for the deck. And of course, the first card going on here is the tide and uh, this is one thing I did look at before the episode because I'd noticed some questions on the tide on social media and I wanted to be able to to answer anything uh, to, to the best degree and, and not to get anything wrong so every dark tidings deck every game where there is a dark tidings deck in the mix of things has the tide and the tide is a state of the game it's not in play so it's not part of the game it is a state of the game for for all all games where dark tidings is part of the part of the game and uh one side has high tide the other side has a low tide and these give different effects depending on the cards that are in play that will benefit from one or the other uh some card effects will will ask you to flip the tide uh, make the tide high make the tide low even if you're playing a kota deck or an aoa deck or a worlds collide deck you can still change the tide. It's an Omni ability that is always available to you at any time that you could do something Omni. And it costs three chains to raise the tide for yourself. So that is that is the tide. It is a beautiful card. The art is gorgeous. It almost looks like um, 
in New Zealand, there used to be, uh, I think before an earthquake, pink terraces. So it looks like that. It's very, very cool. The Crucible really showing itself as a strong tourist destination here. Let's dive right into it, everyone. Okay, card number one. I can't wait. Youngest bear. <laughs> so we've had the eldest bear and now we've got youngest bear. And it looks a little bit like Pooh Bear from the comics. We've got a bear with sticky mud. What's, what's youngest bear playing with? It's some kind of honey, I think, uh, but probably slightly more dangerous. Amid a field of, there's a bumblebee, a bumblebird uh, above, above the youngest bear. And um, youngest bear likes the honey, according to the flavor text. Now I'm hearing that there's going to be a bit more flavor text in this set. I absolutely love that. I love the flavor text in Keyforge. It really captures that zany wild, uh, wild, wild side of it. So all the flavor text. Let's let's give us some more flavor text. And I didn't say, but the tide. I love the idea of the tide. I think it's such a cool idea that the design team are playing with these things that radically change the game just gives me faith that Keyforge is in the right hands. You know, we're not being overly conservative and printing cards that do exactly the same thing. We're trying different things and we are really pushing boundaries. It's really cool. I should say on the other side of the tide is a quick reference card. So um, it's certainly been a concern for some people that Keyforge has got increasing number of complexities, different different keywords. And what this does, it looks like, is give you a view of the quick reference for the keywords that are in this deck. So we have Tide, we have Ward, we have Enrage, Stun, and Hazardous. And it lets you know what those are, um, which I think for new players, how amazing is that having that to play? And I think we're going to be seeing this in future sets as well, because they've said they're going to be playing with that 30, is it 37th or 38th card in the set in future? So wonderful decision by the design team there. Um, Danny Schaefer has also said on this podcast that he's going to be looking at the number of keywords that are in each set and ensuring it kind of doesn't go beyond too much looking at the keywords that are common in particular and ensuring there aren't too many that a new player with their first experience could get too confused. Anyway, Youngest Bear. So Youngest Bear is a two-power creature, beast-traded, and it says reap. You may reap with one of Youngest Bear's neighbors. So Youngest Bear is like NARP, but a not a NARP. So Youngest Bear is the uh, the anti-NARP. I really like that. We've seen this kind of thing a little bit with Ghost Hawk in the past. Um, this maybe isn't your opponent's number one option to take off the board, but it's a nice one. It gives you the chance to reap twice uh, in a turn from, from, from one card only. And if the card next to it has a reap effect, we'll be on the lookout for that as we go through this deck. Then some very nice things afoot there, particularly if you can ward it, of course. Witch of the Dawn. Oh, we love a good witch in, in Untamed. So Witch of the Dawn is a uh, an older man with ram's horns um, and healing hands looking after, uh, looking after a ram, coincidentally, in a, in a wheat field. Well, what looks like a wheat field. Um, Witch of the Dawn is human and witch traded um, with the flavor text. Even the smallest life is worth saving. This is nice. Play, return a creature from your discard pile to your hand. Bit of recursion in Untamed. We've seen that before. We really like that. But it depends what else is in this deck. So again, we'll keep an eye on this. I love the art on that card. Way of the Pixie, an upgrade. 
this creature gains reap gain one blimey so we could stick that on our eldest uh on our youngest bear and um it could essentially reap gain 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 three which is uh which is rather nice um we have the fittest here which is a uh an action card that we are aware of from previous uh previous sets again we could be buffing up our our youngest bear there we have my lobi my lobi is a beast creature it is four power and it has, we've got our first tide effect here, everyone. It says, when the tide is high, Milobi gains Skirmish. Um, and uh, Skirmish is, of course, a pretty good, pretty good ability. We'll see what else we can do when the tide is high. But, you know, if this deck wants to have the tide high, then, yeah, this is going to be something that we're not going to sniff at. It's going to be something that's very useful. So the effect on this card is before fight, enrage the creature Milobi fights and each of that creature's neighbors. So the, so the designers have said, I believe, that they didn't feel they did enough with enrage in, in the first set it was in and they're looking to do more things with it. So maybe this is an example of that. Enraging three creatures, um, particularly for a deck that maybe wants to wants to reap, could be, could, could be decisive, really. It could prevent that deck doing quite a lot. So... Very, very nice, very, very nice here. Uh, situational card, but um, not one I think I'm unhappy to see. Mookling, Mookling, it's a crab. We love the crabs. Um, it's like a Mamook. Oh, it is a Mamook. It's a creature, it's a beast, it's got two power. Lost Lucas Lawrence, who I don't believe we've we've met yet, but maybe we'll meet Lost Lucas Lawrence in the future. Perhaps Lost Lucas Lawrence is part of the Skyborn. It says, young Mamooks are easily distracted. Long time players of Keyforge will know that Mamooks are always associated with key costs so far. So this one says, your opponent's keys cost plus X amber, where X is Mookling's power. So... We could put the fittest on Mookling. We could uh, play with Mookling's power and um, the keys would cost a little bit more. And now, yeah, hopefully we can find a way of warding Mookling as well and doing a bit more with it. Okay, the next card is Deepwater Gruin. So we've got Fuzzy Gruin, our, our good friend at Help from Future Self. And now we've got Deepwater Gruin. Um, the art, not by Natalie Russo this time, but by Mariana Ennis. So amazing art from Mariana there. Um, Deepwater Gruen is a five-power beast creature. It's uh, Mer Medic Ingram has has dedicated some flavor text about Deepwater Gruen. No one knows why cuteness was a necessary adaptation for the pitch dark of the deep ocean. And cute it is. Um, it looks like uh, Deepwater Gruen is is uh, is meeting for the first time one of those fish that has the light in front of it, one of those predator fish that has the light in front of it. So Deepwater Gruen has two amber pips just just with it to play, which of course yeah can can go can go down for you if uh, your opponent has a um, an Infernus, um, but should be fun. I'm not sure if Infernus is in this set, so could be that you're going to be in sealed environments getting away with that quite nicely and it says play reap if the tide is low your opponent gains one so we really i'm getting the feeling we want the tide to be high with this deck we've got a couple of cards now that have suggested that our next card is chelonia and chelonia is uh, a tortoise a tortoise with um, tattoos and a shaman like staff on the other so um chelonia is a beast uh, chelonia is a witch and elusive after you play another creature 
if the tide is high, gain one. So Untamed here really do want the tide to be high and they want to gain. And I'm hoping that everything in this deck does want the same, but we will see. Old Paddy, we've got three Old Paddies here. So Old Paddy is a um, Beast Fisher. A fisher, I think that's the first time we've seen a fisher. And old Paddy is a is a bear that's looking quite bored, maybe not having such a good time fishing. Five power, and with a reap, discard the bottom card of your deck, or the bottom three cards, instead if the tide is high. Play each creature discarded this way one at a time. Oh, blimey. Okay, so if we've got a creature-driven deck, and I think we have so far, um, we, well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, we've got a creature-driven deck. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm only in Untamed at the moment, and that's nine creatures in Untamed alone. Um, that could be really, really quite strong. So we'll be wanting to keep the tide high, and uh, the, the opponent will be wanting to raise the tide for themselves, I think. Our final card in Untamed is Chonkers. And I believe we've had Chonkers before in, in previous sets. Uh, Chonkers is a rare card. It is a one power mutant creature. It's got Skirmish. It says, after an enemy creature is destroyed fighting Chonkers, double the number of plus one power counters on Chonkers. Um, and it says play, give Chonkers a plus one power counter. So basically, if we get Chonkers behind some hefty, hefty cards um, and we ward Chonkers and we allow Chonkers to, to survive its encounters, then uh, we might be we might be in in pretty good in pretty good innings to have something that that can just get rid of some of the opponent's cards. And maybe in Chonkers, we have a good target for way of the pixie as well that upgrade card that says reap gain gain one more yeah that could be something towards the end of the game that you might want to do and we are on to house unfathomable firstly i have to say i love the look of these cards the pink and the dark purpley just looks so cool once again, the Keyforge art team doing a great job of making these cards aesthetically pleasing. The houses look so distinct and so cool. And this first card, and actually there's two of them here, is Storm Surge. So Storm Surge is an action. It's very, very cool. It's got some unfathomable like creature with Thor's hammer or equivalent just kind of getting hit by lightning. And uh, I don't know if the creatures are crying out in pain or, or sort of getting a lot of energy but i'm sure if you live in the water and and, and you've got lightning going on you you're probably you're probably in a difficult situation so bot bookton says what happens to an aquan when it gets hit by lightning so yeah i think i think we i think we would all quite like to know um and uh, i'll tell you it says play your opponent cannot ready cards during the next ready card step of their next turn oh my goodness so the ready card step is at the end of your turn, which means that your opponent would take their next turn knowing that any cards they use, they're not going to have access to for their following turn. Um, how impactful is that going to be if we are cycling houses anyway? Then it does give your opponent the ability to plan for it ultimately. Um, yeah, unless there's some payoff in this deck for exhausting cards, it gives your opponent the ability to plan for it and for it not to have as much impact as it would have had otherwise. 
So that's one to look at, I think, in practice. Rakuzel's Chant, another action card, this one with an amber pip, and it looks very cool. It's got some kind of telekinesis jellyfish going on here. Um, super cool. The Chosen One, I don't know if we've seen the Chosen One yet, says Tide goes in, Tide goes out, Rakuzel will explain. Um, so I, I don't know what this means. Maybe Rakuzel is uh, is in control of absolutely everything that's going on. But we always see jellyfish on the beach um, and it's always best to steer clear of them. Um, play, exhaust a creature. If the tide is high, exhaust each creature instead. Now, I think we've, we've, we are in, in, our, in our chats with Aaron and, and Danny, they've said unfathomable is dis, but kind of with a different style. You know, it's disruption. Uh, but with exhausting creatures doing different things in, instead of instead of dis, so it'll be interesting to see how this works. Certainly, exhausting a creature means your opponent can't plan for it so much. Um, I like the the tide is high exhaust each creature instead, but doesn't that mean it exhausts your creatures too? So I don't know. I just don't know. Hmm. That one is is probably. Yeah, there might be times you don't play it. Horrid Cyan, a an, an evil fish creature that we have here, uh, or, or a misunderstood fish creature, depending on your perspective. Um, Horrid Cyan is a beast, uh, four power, and it has poison. So very much like our, our friendly snake in early untamed decks. Okay, we have a hook master, a hook master with four power, one armor. Uh, Hookmaster is an Aquan. It's a creature. Yeah, this is what Danny described described House Unfathomable as Lovecraft meets mermaids. And if FFG know one thing, it's Lovecraft through their Arkham line. And uh, I'm sure they can do mermaids pretty well through Keyforge and the zany wildness that is the Crucible. And I'm seeing this. This art is amazing. It says, be careful what you wish for. Oh, so it's some kind of genie. And it's got a fish hook and a ball and chain. I see. So, so some shadows creature has maybe made a made a deal with the devil to um to get get a good get a good catch um for fishing, and uh, has got more than they bargained for. It says fight. If the tide is high, your opponent loses two. Okay, so this deck really does want the tide to be high, making me wonder whether every deck wants the tide to be high. Let's go on one more. Keeping up with the fishing theme here, we have Frigorific Rod. There's two of these. They're an artifact. They've got an amber pit with them, and they say exhaust a creature or artifact. Ooh, so we've got a good amount of exhaust going on here. Um, and Sybil Waymare says it's cold in here, or is it just you? Oh, this is dark. This is dark. I can't quite make out the uh, the art on this one, but it's it's some kind of fishy uh, magician staff that is is going on there. Thundertoe is the next one. It looks like some boat uh, and a misadventure by a couple of Svar elves. They've uh, maybe gone to find some buried treasure and the uh, treasure being amber and it is going overboard. Uh, great art there from Grigory Serov. It says play, it's an action, amber pip, play, exhaust two creatures, deal two damage to each exhausted creature. Blimey, so there's a lot of exhausting going on here. I just want to see a payoff now. I want to see something that kills every creature that it exhausts or something. Spark Fist, two power, aquine creature, skirmish, fight, stun, and exhaust the creature. Spark Fist fights. So we've got a good amount of skirmish going on here. This deck does want a board presence, but we've had quite a lot of 
action cards here as well. So I'm not sure how all of this is going to come together. Ultimately, I'm just going to have to play it. Kiri Giltspine is, I think, uh, the um, unfathomable version of Jabba the Hutt. Um, it is a uh, it's um, an aquan creature sat in a clam shell with a few tentacles. Um, looks almost like uh, it would be um, welcome in a Saurian environment. Uh, it's used to, I think, the finer things in life. It is elusive and it says after an enemy creature reaps, it does not ready during its controller's next ready card step. Oof. So I really want some ward now. I want some things to keep these creatures on the field. We have Kaupe. So Kaupe is an Aquan. Uh, your opponent cannot play more than one card of each type each turn. Wow. So some real interesting denial. What a gorgeous card as well. Um, it's like a, looks like um Aquan slash mermaid. Mermaid goldfish, I think. But who knows? Um, and the, the art is by Art Tavern. Um, it's very good. Don't think I said it's got two power. So there's not many really powerful creatures, but I think they're there just to distract your opponent. Um, I haven't been counting the Amber Pips either, but we've got quite a few going on here. Illusions of Grandeur. Oh, I love this. Oh my God, the art. Diego Gisbert. I don't think we've come across Diego before. But the art is amazing. We've got a coral reef. We've got jellyfish. We've got, it's like a kind of, a, it's like a movie poster going on here. It's very difficult to explain. Um, but it's an action card with an amber. Play, choose a house on your opponent's identity card. If your opponent does not choose that house as their active house on the next turn, gain three amber. Blimey, I want a deck with six of these in. Gosh. That's a lot. So you can, yeah, if you really understand what your opponent's deck wants to do, you can sort of force them into very difficult positions where they have to make uh, interesting cost-benefit cost decisions. A uh, Amber Pip on this one is very kind, but I will I will take it. Okay, so we are on to our final house now. We are on to Star Alliance. And the first card I'm going to talk about is actually the one at the back here. It is Book of Lequeux. We love Book of Lequeux. It's very interesting. Um, it is the artifact, uh, the rare artifact that says, action, reveal the top card of your deck. If it's a non-Star Alliance card, its house becomes your active house. Otherwise, end your turn. So it is, again, one of those cost-benefit cards uh, where you, you take a risk and um, you, you really, you've got one third of a chance of it all going wrong and you not being able to draw. Yeah, if it goes right for you, then great. So what we want is some see the future cards in here um, where we can really use this to good effect because this is a really fun deck. I'm already thinking I want to play it right now. Oh, great. So we've got like a, we've got a, uh, a Star Alliance Rocketeer with a goldfish uh, right next to her. It looks pretty cool. So Rocketeer Triska is a four power human creature. Uh, while the tide is high, Rocketeer Triska's neighbors enter play ready oh cool very cool we'll be together forever glib glub um i think glib glub is the fish and i love it um petition ffg i'd like to see glib glub as a card and potentially a, a soft toy mascot as well in fact i might might get a fishing name at glib glub just for lols yeah i mean you could play rocketeer triska and one two 
five creatures in Star Alliance. So yeah, any of those other four creatures in Star Alliance are in hand. Yeah, I'm going to get an instant impact out of Rocketeer Triska. I also like the idea, you know, is exactly what you expect a Rocketeer to be doing. Okay, we've got two Operative Epsilons. And Operative Epsilon is a Doctor Strange type character. O Operative Epsilon is an alien. Looks like half halfway between a cat and your traditional alien and is doing some kind of meditative pose in a in a bubble, uh, levitating off the ground. It is a four-power elusive creature, and it says after player raises the tide during their turn, they may use a creature they control. Great, so we're getting more impact out of raising the tide. We have uh, more blasters. Oh, cool. So this is an officer's blaster. It's an upgrade. It's got an ammo pip, of course. It's an upgrade. We have the creature gains two power, and destroyed attach officer's blaster to this creature's right neighbor. Okay, so we got we're moving the blaster around. Um, the blaster never goes, and it gets plus two power. Oh, oh, there's some cool synergies here with our untamed putting this blaster on chonkers. Yes, 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 yes. That would be cool. That would be very cool. Or is it plus one power counters? What's the difference? Is there a difference? Hmm. I mean, plus two power means plus two power counters, does it not? Okay, so we have Lieutenant Kaka. Um, has to be said, Kaka. Um, we like Lieutenant Kaka. Lieutenant Kaka comes in very handy with this deck because we've got a lot of little creatures that are going to be kind of burn the witch type things. The opponent's going to want to get rid of them, and Lieutenant Kaka gives them hazardous three, which makes them bigger than they have any right to be. And uh, it has taunts. So really pleased to see that in this deck. Didn't know that was in this set. We have the Grand Alliance Council, which is a, a, a grand selection of different entities, including a fishbowl, including a dinosaur, a Logos alien, and, and a Sanctum Knight. We've got all sorts going on here. And it says, we'll form a committee to handle this. Um, whenever a company says, we'll form a committee to handle this, don't trust them. Um, but in this instance, it says, play, choose a creature of each house, destroy each creature not chosen. Ooh, okay, that's cool. So uh, so we've got a bit of board wipe here. I really like that. I really like a bit of board wipe. Um, and we were lacking that before, um, meaning that this deck now has a way to kind of get back against some of those bigger board worlds collide and mass mutations decks together this is a uh an away trip over the oceans uh from the the star alliance they've got some kind of um some kind of ship here that looks suitably sci-fi what do you mean you're not water resistant oh blimey we've got a logos robot here so yeah my my, my comment about robots probably not being water resistant is is stands here um, so play, you may play a non-Star Alliance card. If the tide is high, you may play another non-Star Alliance card. Yes, 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 yes. Sadly, it's not together with any other together cards here, but we really like this. Oh, blimey, this is going to be a good card. They very, very astutely didn't put an Amber Pip on this. I appreciate that. Okay, we have T3R35A. So I'm guessing this is... Oh, it's a robot that is uh, infiltrating the Saurians. And there's a Saurian looking at it with a, a degree of skepticism, I'd say, um, at, at, this, at this point. T, T3R may be used as if it belonged to either of its neighbor's houses. Interesting. 
So it's Star Alliance trying to kind of reach out, do their thing, and that being reflected in the mechanics. That's cool. It may be played as an upgrade instead of a creature with the text. This creature may be used as if it belonged with either of its neighbors' houses. Ooh! Okay, let's have a look at what, you know, what have we looked at so far that could be a potential impact for this one? Chonkers, maybe? Building up your chonkers? Old Paddy might be good fun with this one to get some of those, yeah, get some of that recursion really going. But this is a very cool card. I'm excited to see some of the things that this card comes up with and comes comes out with. Okay, three more cards left. We have Selective Preservation. Very cool. Looks like some kind of preservation uh, space, uh, but they're, they're letting some things go. Maybe they're just too dangerous. Um, and it says, I told them to bring an arc. So maybe the arc just wasn't big enough for all the things on the Crucible that we're seeing. It's an action, and it says, play, choose a creature, of each power value, destroy each creature not chosen. Blimey! So it's very similar to the other uh, board wipe that we've seen um, in, in the, yeah, it's destroy everything that's not chosen. Uh, I really like this. We've got a couple of things. This means that we actually can play it with some of those other decks, those Worlds Collide, those Mass Mutations decks. Oh, it's going to be fun to see what this does. Force Field, we've seen this before. And Colonist Chapman. Ooh, Colonist Chapman is, um, this one appears to have put a bumblebird into slave labor to, uh, to, find, to find him apples, which, um, you know, however, however majestic Colonist Chapman's beard is. Um, but of course, Colonist Chapman says our harvests are for everyone. And who are we to uh, deny him that to, uh, to su suggest that he is lying? So Colonist Chapman has taunt. Each of Colonist Chapman's non-Star Alliance neighbors gain reap, gain one. Oh, so we've got even more reapage going on here. Let's get rid of the opponent's board. Let's keep our own board and let's reap to high heavens i like this a lot so what a deck i am excited to play um i am excited to open a couple of other decks and really dive in this is going to be so cool no evil twins yet the evil twins will be will be with us shortly i'm sure and um yeah zach and i are going to slowly explore a few more decks and get a feel for the game get a feel for the set and we're going to be talking about it much more i hear the zach's deck has more than one key cheat in it, and uh, they might even work. So I'm really looking forward to finding all about that, uh, more about that on our next episode. Dear listener, I hope you are enjoying Call of Discovery, and I hope you are enjoying Dark Tidings. If you're enjoying Call of Discovery, please subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you're new to Keyforge, you can visit the new player guide on Archon Arcana. Link is below to get started on your own unique journey into this wonderful game. If you're looking to support us monetarily, please visit our Patreon. It's linked below and you can sign up to support us monthly and enjoy rewards like our exclusive Discord where we get most of the topics and questions that we discuss on the show. Let us also know what you'd like to see more or less of in future shows by interacting with us across social media and and or send us an email at our swanky email address uh, podcast at callofdiscovery.com. But most importantly, if you think a friend would enjoy this podcast, please do help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery? 